Hey everyone, welcome to this week's sermon podcast of B Church. Here, you can listen to our latest weekly sermons for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. I'm going to come and just lay a foundation on altars. Let me just get that. All right, I said that scripture in Psalm 119 this morning. Give me understanding that I might live. Amen. We need to understand. So I just want to lay a foundation for, for, for us, for this coming conference, that we understand what the Lord is doing. Now Paul speaks in Romans 12, New Testament, and he says, Now therefore I give myself, come on, say myself. I appeal to you, therefore, he says, By the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living holy sacrifice unto the Lord. All right, so God tells us that we need to give something, that you are a living, holy sacrifice. Because an altar is all about a sacrifice. Amen? An altar is all about a sacrifice that needs to take place. God cannot come to an altar if there's no sacrifice. Come on, God doesn't visit an empty altar. God comes that when there's an altar and when there's something placed on the altar, God comes and responds and brings the fire. Come on, that's what we see in 1 Kings 18 verse 30. It says, now Elijah called the people near and he restored the altar. It says that, that actually the word is Rapha, God healed the altar. That when they built the altar, God came to heal and bring restoration because it was a, a famine. All right, by the word of the prophet, he says that for three and a half years, there were no rain. All right, no rain. There was drought. There was famine. And then he comes and God speaks to him and he challenges because there was a lot of things going on, but there was a Baal worship and everything, the order was wrong. There was a lot of uh, corruption and there was a lot of demonic activity, a lot of witchcraft. Jezebel, you know, she, she did the offerings and the sacrifices and she controlled actually the whole economy and the whole spiritual atmosphere and all the things that was released was, was evil. And he comes now and Elijah comes to deal with that and to restore something, to restore order and to bring the God of fire back again, to turn a nation back to God. To get people to focus again on the Lord. And he says, then present your bodies as a holy sacrifice unto the Lord. Ruan, I think we're going to take a little bit of bass and poof, 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 die. Thank you. All right, so where does a sacrifice take place? It's on an altar, amen? It needs to take place on an altar. There's no other place that you can bring your sacrifice to the Lord. It takes place on an altar and then God comes and he responds with fire. God comes and he, he answers with fire. So I want to just lay a couple of things in our hearts and foundation down. So there's over 400 references of the word altar in the Bible. The first time we find the word is in Genesis 8 when Noah builds an altar to the Lord. After, after the flood, God has dealt with sin again and now he has come to deal with a new nation again or new creation and he comes and he cuts covenant with Noah and he says again I will bless you he blesses him he says be fruitful multiply expand fill the earth bring forth harvest and then you know he comes and he bless him and it says an, an Abraham Noah built an altar for the Lord there's something that feeds here 
Hey, oh, the bass needs to be muted. Thank you. Amen. All right. We need the right foundation. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, there we go. Thank you, Lord, for harmony, and thank you, Lord, for order. And this things that it will flow. That what you want to deliver to us. Thank you, Jesus. So an altar is a place of consecration. That's what we do. When we come to an altar, we come to consecrate ourselves. We come. And altars were built from different materials. And I'll get to what, what I believe the Lord wants to just come and speak to your hearts again tonight. But, but we find because there was, an altar was built either because God commanded us to build an altar or altar was built because of a response, because of an encounter with God. The people had an encounter and they built an altar as a memorial. An example of that is Joshua 4. All right, where, where we have them going through the Jordan and then Joshua makes them stop, collect stones from the river. And he says, now we're going to build an altar as a memorial for the Lord. Because an altar speaks. And he says, and one day your children will come and they will ask and says, what do these stones mean? And then you will point them and say, it's because of how the Lord delivered us and took us out of Egypt and through Jordan into the promise. So an altar speaks. An altar is a place of memorial. And an altar comes and there's something that needs to happen at an altar for God to come because God responds to, to altars. Altars is a place of worship. Altars is a place where the spirit realm interacts when there's an exchange where there's either blessing or curse. God speaks. There's an exchange at an altar that takes place. It's a place with connecting heaven with earth. Come on. The purpose is for offering sacrifices. That's why Paul says, present yourself as a sacrifice. It means that you need to go to an altar. That you need to lay down on an altar. All right? We are living sacrifices. It means that you are set apart for specific usage. You are set apart for entirely for God and for His purposes. Your life doesn't belong to you. Come on. You see, that little lamb doesn't become chops anymore, right? That's the original use for a lamb, isn't it? Now it's dedicated for God's purpose. Altars represent an occasion and a place where you have a personal encounter with God. That's where it speaks. So your life needs to be a place of personal encounter with God. That's your life, your altars. So Noah builds an altar. God establishes covenant with him. Israel in the wilderness is called to build an altar. It says in Exodus 20, an altar of earth he shall build unto the Lord. When he comes and he visits them at, 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 um, at the mount. When I says, and on it you shall burn your burnt offerings, your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen. In every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I will come to you and I will bless you. So an altar is not just the memorial. It's a place of worship. And he says, it's a place where we call upon God's name. And he says, wherever you call upon my name, I shall come and I shall bless you. Now, this is a promise in Exodus. Wherever you cause my name to be remembered, I shall come and bless you. Now, years later, David writes Psalm 103, and it says what? Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless His 
holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget his benefits. You see, he says that when you bless, the word bless means benediction. That's the word bless. When you say benediction, it means that, that in the, it's a French word as well. So, so when we were in Congo and we were ministering, they, I could catch them because they said a little benediction. And they asked me and I read, oh, okay, say the blessing. You know, we're done with the service, do the benediction. But a benediction means this, it's that you call that what just happened, you conclude that what has happened in the service as finished over your life. So in other words, God says, whenever you call my name and you cause my name to be remembered, I shall come and bless you. In other words, when you come and you remember my name, I will bless you. Benediction is I will come and I will call as finished over your life. I will conclude over your life that which you bring into remembrance. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless his holy name. That as you bless, I will come. So if you call on Jehovah Jireh, the Lord your provider, and you bless his name, he says, I will come and conclude the provision over your life as finished, as a done work in your life. Come on. If you need healing, you start calling on the name of the Lord, Jehovah Rapha as your healer. And he says, when you start blessing that name, where you cause my name to be remembered, I shall come and bless you. When you build an altar, because we build personal altars, we build family altars, we build corporate altars. And as you come and you remember and you bring that sacrifice, something that costs you, because a sacrifice costs you. Amen? All right? So he says, when you cause my name to be remembered, I will come. It's a promise. I want to tell you, God will come. He says, I will come. I will And that's what God wants to tell you. Is that when you come and give, I will come. So a place of consecration. It, 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 it um, represents the occasion and the place where you have an encounter with God. Consecration means to sanctify, to hallow, to bless, to ordain, to beautify. All those things. So God says that as you present now your body as a living sacrifice, as you dedicate it, it means that actually you beautify it for the Lord. You ordain it, you anoint it, you consecrate it unto Him. Amen? We say that when God comes and responds to your arising, when you arise, He comes with His glory. He beauty, the glory is attracted to the arising and He beautifies you. Now people are drawn because they see something. All right, Abraham in journey builds a couple of altars because he has encounters with God. An altar needs a sacrifice. We know that when Isaac comes, he's a foreshadowing of actually Christ. The cross is an altar. Where Christ came and became a sacrifice to us. But prophetically, Isaac lays there and then God, before he sacrifices his son, gives a ram. And he says, hey, I will come and I will give a sacrifice for your altar. I will, instead of you dying, I will come and give you for your sins. I will provide the sacrifice. Now we find in 2 Samuel 24, from verse 18, we find David that builds an altar to the Lord. David is not supposed to number the people. Now he numbers the people. He does a census and there's pestilence. 
the angel of the Lord starts to strike the people and kill them because God, David has numbered the people. And now he doesn't know. And the prophet comes and he says, this is the sin. And he says, you've got a couple of options. And now verse, 20, verse 18, 2 Samuel 24 verse 18 says this, that Gad is the prophet. And Gad came that day to David and said to him, go up, raise an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Aruana, the Jebusite. So David went up at Gad's word as the Lord commanded. And, one, uh, uh, and when Aruana looked down and he saw the king and his servants coming on toward him, Aruana went out and paid homage to the king with his face to the ground. Verse 21. And Aruana said, Why has the Lord, the king, come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor from you, in order to build an altar to the Lord, that the plague may be averted from the people. Then Aruana said to David, let the Lord King take and offer up what seems good to him. Here are the oxen for the burnt offering, the threshing sledges, the yokes, the oxen, the wood. All this, O King, Aruana gives to you, O King. And Aruana said to the King, may the Lord God accept you. But the King said to Aruana, no, but I will buy it from you for a price. I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that has cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to the Lord, offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord responded to the plea for the land and the plague was averted from Israel. You see, an altar will cost you a price. An altar doesn't come cheap. And here he comes. Do you know that that place, that threshing floor, that's the place the temple is built. The same place where he built an altar to the Lord is the place where the temple was built. So he comes and he builds a place where there's a sacrifice unto the Lord. An altar doesn't come cheap. You must understand that an altar will cost you your life. No amen there. Okay, you can say ouch. You cannot offer burnt offerings to the Lord that cost you nothing. That's what he says. That's why even the, the Bible says you don't just build a house without counting the cost. It's costing us. It's going to cost you something. You will always pay a price. It's always going to take a sacrifice. But what then? This is the thing about who God is. Whenever you pay a price... And when there's a sacrifice, what happens? Amen. God comes and He answers. God comes and He responds. God comes. That's the interaction with Elijah and the Baal prophets. God comes and He answers with fire. Can you think how supernatural this was? Because there's drought for three and a half years. And He says to the Baal prophets, you build your altar, I'll build my altar. He says, you go first, a real gentleman. All right, he says, you call out to your God and let's see who God answers by fire. You kill your cow, or not the bullock, and you prepare it, you slice it, and you put it on, and then you start calling on your Baal. And we see if he answers. And it says, for the whole morning and through the day until the noon, they were crying out, cutting themselves, trying to get his attention. And he mocks them. He says, you know, maybe he's busy. Maybe he's deaf. Maybe he's sleeping. All these things. You know, he mocks them. He says, hey, you know, maybe try harder. Now just 
Imagine how supernatural is this. He says, you want God to answer with fire? You need to build an altar and put yourself as a sacrifice. Then God will come. So he comes and prepares his bull. He slaughters it. He puts it on. And then what does he tell the people? He says to them, go and fetch water. All right. My question is three and a half years of drought. Where did they get the water? And now, same as the 12 stones where he builds an altar with 12 stones representing the nation. It's not just one times three buckets it's, or four buckets. It's three times four. It's 12 for the tribes. Three times four buckets of water pouring out, pouring out. Just imagine how scarce water is and how he just poured it out. But then he calls on the Lord and the Lord answers. And it says it licked up everything. God answers with fire. So altars was a place commemorating an encounter with the Lord. An altar is a memorial. So what we do when we raise an altar is we, we, we raise something up as a memorial unto God to say, maybe you make a vow, maybe you make a promise. A memorial is helpful for future generations. Who of you want your family and your lineage to serve God? You see, we want the, the generations to see God, to remember Him, to know His works, to know His instructions. Now, there's different kinds of altars. There was altars that were made of earth. There's altars that was made of pure gold, all these different things. But Romans says, bring yourself as a living sacrifice. So there's an altar of the heart. An altar of the heart that God says, Come. An altar that waged war between, between flesh and spirit the whole time. I think we all can feel that war. The tugging, the pulling between the flesh and the spirit. And God says, come and lay down on this altar. There's areas of your life that God requires for you to offer up to him. That God wants to come and say, come and present this. Lay this down. Let it go. It's not maybe a flat-topped surface. It's the altar of your heart. But does your heart belong to the Lord? You see, sacrifice is the primary medium of exchange. Altered interactions is, is you need to bring a sacrifice in exchange for something. So what is it that you want? And are you willing to bring a sacrifice in exchange for that what you want? A sacrifice is the essential act of worship. That's what it is. You need to bring a sacrifice. You see, God doesn't need sacrifices to survive. Come on. God doesn't need the sacrifice. We need the sacrifice to survive. But something happens. An altar purifies. There's an altar that represents the Lord. It's the Holy of Holies. An altar in the, in the most holy place. Exodus 29 says, Seven days thou shalt make atonement for the altar. They had to sanctify it. That the altar may be a holy of holies. And everything that shall touch it shall be made holy. Can you hear what it says? Everything that touches the altar shall be made holy. What happens is that when you come to an altar, you are altered. Something happens to you. You are changed. God says the fire on the altar should continually be burning. 
The fire on the altar should never go out. Why? Because God came when they built the altar. God came to light the altar with his fire. No strange fire. God's fire. And that fire was then taken for the incense. To bring a fragrant offering unto the Lord. And now Paul says, you are a fragrant offering unto the Lord. You need the fire of God to light you to become a fragrant offering unto the Lord. You see, we cannot do it without God's Spirit. We cannot not be an altar. We cannot not be a place of sacrifice. Then you cannot be a fragrant offering. You cannot be the one without the other. You can only be a fragrant offering and an aroma of God when you allow God's fire to come and burn the sacrifice and light you. Amen? Isaiah 6 verse 5, that's what, what the prophet says. Woe is me. I am lost. You see, he sees a vision of Jesus and the glory of him. And he says, I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphims flew to me, having his hand a burning coal that he'd taken from the tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips and your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. The amazing thing is John says this, the one who comes after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. This week in coming, the theme is like a, like a mighty rushing wind. We're going to start seeing the connection between the wind and the altar, the fire of God. <clears throat> altar is a place of divine encounter where destinies are decided. Barrenness is terminated. Plagues averted. That's what happens in an altar. We need to understand the power of an altar. Now we've last year started to build an altar. What we're doing is we're maintaining an altar. The prayer that we do Mondays and Thursdays, it's maintaining, it's putting the wood on the fire. Maintaining an altar. Fire only comes down in response to a sacrifice. So if you want the fire, you need the sacrifice. Come on. Just going to share this, then we're done. An altar is a place where you are worked on first. We want to be used of God. Your life wants to be significant and mean something to others. And now before we need to come and be useful to others, God needs to work on you. God says now, Isaiah 64, 8, Jehovah, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. And all of us are the work of your hand. All right. Just as the clay doesn't do the work for the potter, the potter works on the clay. Come on. God, God desires to let us work on, or to, to, to let us, let him work on us first before we become useful for him. He wants us to be altered. That's the thing about an altar. At the altar, you are altered. God is a place of altering us. And altars have a price. But when you pay the price, something changes. Something happens. 
then you are altered. What do we build an altar with? What do we build an altar with? You see, an altar takes rocks, broken things, whatever. They were built with different things, whatever. Wherever they were, they took some stones and gathered things and they built. Something interesting, it says that, that when you build with stone, it shouldn't be hewn stone. It shouldn't be stone that a tool was put to. Because it says your works can do nothing for an altar. When you try to, to cut a nice stone, it says your efforts and your works is not accepted at an altar. You become the sacrifice. Come on. The way you build an altar, we've been all through hard things. We've all been through things where it feels like there's, there's stuff happening in your life. There's hardships. There's rocks in the road. There's obstacles. And you see, when you come, you can build an altar. You can use those things, those challenges, and you can build an altar unto the Lord. Those broken things in your life, you can bring and build an altar. The hardships, the rocks of yesterday can become your altar for today. When you allow the Lord to come. You see, it's in the midst of the heart that God sometimes wants us to make the sacrifice. Come on, what does a sacrifice mean? It's to kill. So actually what we're saying is it's not something that's pleasant. It's to kill the flesh. To turn up in your life, for, for God to turn up, you have to kill yourself. But then God will respond to the altar. Come on. So I wanted to just lay a foundation that what we do is to bring something to the Lord. But when you bring, whatever you bring, God will respond. God acts upon altars. God responds. He's drawn to this. As His glory is drawn to your rising, so God's fire is drawn to an altar. That when you present yourself, then He will come. And that's what we do. This weekend, we're building a corporate altar. Now, I want to challenge you. There's a personal altar and there's a family altar that's left. That in your life you go and you build a personal altar. How do we build altars? Our prayer, our worship, the word, our fasting. All those things is building an altar to the Lord. When you come and you separate yourself, you spend time in His presence, you're seeking His face. That is the way that you maintain. Because when an altar is established, then he says you need to let the fire in the altar never go out. So you need to keep on putting the wood. But what happens when wood burns, what remains? All right, ashes. But then you need to remove the ashes. That's what it says. That was part of the priestly service. It's every morning they had to go and remove the ashes and put new wood on the altar. Today we are a royal priesthood. You called as a priest. Your job is to go and inspect your family. To go and look at your life and say, where's the ashes? If God's fire had come, remove the ashes. Ashes represent sin. The sacrifice is burned and it becomes ash. The sin was put on the sacrifice. The fire devoured it. Now it's ashes. And God says, remove the ashes. It's like the lamp. I'll stop now. 
the lamp, you know, that old lamps that we can light with the pit. You call it a pit or what do you call it? Or The wick, yeah. Not a wick, ladies. All right. Uh, a wick. But when that thing has burned, sometimes, have you seen it? If you open it too much, sometimes it burns that black and it, it actually makes the whole glass black and it's, you have to clean it out again. But you have to trim the wick so that it can burn brightly. And so when we have burned, sometimes God has to trim us. He has to cut away certain things so that we can burn brightly. And that's the place where you remove the ashes so that you can burn brightly. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we just worship you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we come tonight and we say we cannot do this without you. We declare tonight, Lord, that we are dependent and so driven by your Spirit. That we acknowledge, Father, that even to come and lay down on a sacrifice and present ourselves is hard. But Lord, by your Spirit, we can do this. Because you love us. And you say we don't have an intercessor and a high priest that is unsympathetic with us. But we have a high priest that can come and relate to us in every way because you've been challenged and you've been tried and you've been tempted in every way yet without sin. And therefore, we have someone that intercedes according to us on our behalf for us. Knowing what we go through. Father, and I pray each and every one of us, whatever we go through, that we will bring that to the altar. And we will come and lay that down before you. And allow you to come and devour it by the fire. You see, fire is not always destructive. Sometimes the fire builds so that it can purify, so that it can restore, that it can cleanse, that it can illuminate, that it can come and shift and bring a change. So Father, I pray for that illumination to come. I pray for the fire to come and change us. We need you, Father. And as we said, just ask the Holy Spirit coming up to this weekend, what is it? That he wants you to come and lay down on the altar. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's children. A brother or a sister. Maybe it's your business. Relationships. Whatever. What is it that God comes and says, I want you to lay this down. So that I can move with fire in your life. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. I hear the Lord says, don't fear for I am with you. And sometimes we maybe are fearful for being exposed. And God says, I will not come to expose you or to shame you. But when you encounter my altar, you will be transformed. And you will be altered into the image and the likeness of the Son. 
Because when I come, I move with one degree of glory to the next degree of glory. So come, just as you are. Allow me to be the potter that forms you and makes you into that what I will. And you will be useful in my kingdom. For I know the plans that I have for you. I know the purpose and that what I've spoken. Isn't it I who wrote the book of your life? I know your chapters. I know your days. I know the way that you should take. And like Job says, I know the way that I should take. And when he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. That the Lord says, I'm purifying you. So that in this season, when the world come to see the glory, they can see something that is pure. They can see something that has been through the fire. Something that has been tasted. Something that has been tried. Something that will not fail. There's many man-made things that look shiny and glittery. But it fails. It's only temporary. But that what I'm doing in you is eternal. It's a work that is stable. No man can do this. It is I, the Lord your God, who do this in you. I won't fail you. Father, thank you, Lord. We just praise you. And Father, let us become more and more sensitive to your spirit. And this week, let us hear you clearly. Let us come with hearts that's prepared for the altar. And Father, I know you're going to challenge some of us to a new level. But we want to say, yes, Lord. We are ready. We're ready to respond and ready to grow into the new season. We are ready to grow for your kingdom, for your glory, for your name. Oh, we love you. We love you. God loves you. Just keep on hearing this in my spirit that the Lord surrounds you like a hedge of fire. Don't be fearful. And whatever you do, the Lord is the one that goes before you. Psalm 3 says, the glory of the Lord is over you for he is the lifter of your head. So Father, even now, just give us a new perspective. I pray that everyone here, Father, you'll lift their heads to see further than the horizon. To see a new perspective. To get new vision. Touch every heart, Lord. Touch every spirit. See, even the Lord coming to speak to some of us to say there's things you need to lay down. I've been speaking to you for a long time. But this weekend, you're going to let it go. You're going to let it go. For I am the Lord. I'm going to move. You'll see my glory. You'll see my power. Like Elijah, I'll come with fire. I'll respond with fire. I am not a God that's deaf. When you call, I hear. And I'll come. So thank you for that, Father. I give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's give him praise. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, 
go visit our website on bchurch.co.za. Reformed to function. Let's be church.